Taylor Kyles and I, freshly back from Foxborough, where the Patriots <laughs> opened their season. Long day down there uh, in the rain. Got to see Tom Brady. Got to see Tom Brady tell us he loves us, Taylor. That was nice. Um, that was awesome. That was cool. Um, and, um, you know, this was kind of one of those you-don't-know-what-to-expect sort of games because you really didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know what this team was going to look like. We didn't get a good snapshot of them in the preseason. They were missing a ton of offensive linemen. They couldn't really get anything going. The offense had question marks. Everyone assumed things would be a little better because you have Bill O'Brien. Um, and then you see them warm up, and you're like, uh-oh. There's no on Wenu. There's no Cole Strange. You see what they're going to run out there. You know what the Eagles have with their with their with their defensive line, and you're thinking, oh boy, this could go this could go sideways fast. And you know what? It went sideways fast, Taylor. And so now we find ourselves here in a weird position: twenty five twenty loss in a game that the Patriots should have won, probably. Um, so it's a it's a strange range of emotions, right? On one hand, you could say wow, that was a better performance than we might have expected. On the other, you'd say they kind of should have they should have they should have found a way to win this game. So what's your just general feeling after this game, uh, having seen what you just saw? Well, first of all, you say we didn't know what to expect. I predicted a 23 to 20 Eagles win. And I said that it was going to be a lot of early season mistakes. And I said it was going to be just one that the Patriots couldn't quite pull out, but the defense is going to do a good job. And that's exactly what we got. But I just – let me brag first. All right. But beyond that. Um, but yes, your three-point yes. three prediction is most people's 13-point prediction. I'm just going to say that, okay? I'm evolving, actually. Okay. I'm All just right. getting better at this. <laughs> I'm, growing, I'm, I'm expanding. But, um, but no, I mean – I, I tweeted it, and this is exactly what the offense has been really for the past couple years. Now, I think the first season, like, so we're looking at the Mac Jones era. I think the first season, a lot of that was Mac. I thought he did pretty well, honestly, in late game situations, but the offense turned it over. Like, there was Ramondre, I think, had a couple key fumbles. Like, you know, they just couldn't put it together, but you're right. thinking, okay, they're still a playoff team, and it's a rookie quarterback. The second year, the bottom fell out, obviously, because of Matt Patricia. I'm not trying to dog the guy. Uh, apparently he's in better health. I'm very happy for him. Good for him. But at the same time, the coaching wasn't there for the offense to be disciplined enough to pull these games out. This time, I think we saw that Mac Jones, he can step up to the plate. I thought that the uh, throw to Kendrick Bourne, I asked him, I gave Kendrick Bourne an out. I was like, hey, and this is still true. Darius Slate hit his arm early on that third and 12 in the second to last drive. I said, I know you guys don't like to make mistakes or make excuses, but do you think, you know, that maybe he got to you early? He's like, hey, man, like, I expect myself to make those tough catches. And he always does. And he didn't come through. And then if, if Devontae Parker's out there instead of Kayshawn Booty, credit to Booty for stepping up in a tough position. But those two catches that he couldn't make along the sideline, which, again, like, young receiver is still learning in the game. I'm not trying to dog him. But Devontae Parker, that's literally his bread and butter. So, one, it keeps you from – it was a third down stop early in the game that, again, you catch that, you keep driving. And then, obviously, see the last play of the game where Mac puts it on the money twice and they have to get off the field because guys failed to convert. And obviously the self-inflicted errors, that's not Bill O'Brien like at all. That I think is going to get ironed out quickly because if they don't, like they're just going to get reamed. He yells uh, a lot. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> but at the end of the day, I thought you saw, I, I really, it was what I expected. I thought the formations and things are really going to help the game and the receivers. And we saw that several times. I thought Kendrick Bourne was going to show out and he did. He beat Darius Slay and James Bradbury for touchdowns. Hunter Henry, I've been saying, what have I been saying? That Hunter Henry is going to be resurgent. He's going to kill it over the middle and in the red zone, caught a touchdown, caught several insane catches today. Like you see that this offense can be better than what they were tonight. And, you know, I was saying it's going to be the first week. It's going to be sloppy. I just didn't expect it to be that sloppy. It was disappointing, well, but. Yeah. I, and again, <laughs> I'll, I'll go back. I'll, I'll go. I've been back and forth on it because I didn't. I, I thought this was going to get away from the Murley. I really did. Um, I, and, and, and I didn't think. I also didn't think a bad performance on week one would mean that they would be bad uh, forever. I just thought the Eagles are a fully formed team team you know uh on paper both sides of the ball the injuries the offensive line it's just going to be mm-hmm. another just like the preseason it's going to be even if they have some things going for them there's just going to be personnel issues that are going to prevent them from being able to remain competitive in this game reality is after they did what they did to start with the you know deflected throw and the pick six and then obviously the zeke fumble that leads to another touchdown there um and they go down 16 nothing early I mean, they really outplayed Philadelphia the whole way through. Where I've been back and forth in my mind, Taylor, I'm not sure you know how you feel about it, is did, did they squander an opportunity here to beat a Philadelphia team that might have gotten a little complacent after going out early and is also breaking in two new coordinators and didn't really do what they do? It's amazing that for periods of time they just kind of just didn't go to their go-to guys. I mean, you've got A.J. Brown, you've got Devonta Smith out there. I just feel like they weren't utilizing their weapons. They weren't they, they weren't operating anywhere near full capacity of what you would expect that offense to be. Uh, and credit to the Patriots' defense for doing what they did there because they did make things uncomfortable. Uh, and the secondary, I thought, played well. We'll get to Christian Gonzalez, who was great. Actually, all the rookies were great. Gonzalez might get headlines because he makes that big stick late in the game and he also had that, 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 uh, that sack. Uh, on the corner blitz, but uh, Keon White might have been better uh, in this game uh, for what he did. Uh, and again, you know, curious your opinion there, but I thought he was a consistent presence in there, uh, and he played a big role there. Uh, Mapu got in there as well and got got involved. Mario Douglas was clearly heavily involved offensively, so they got a lot out of the rookies, but they definitely got a lot out of their defense. Uh, so, you know, credit there too, but, you know, I do wonder if this was like, this was a Philly team ripe for the plucking and they kind of they kind of missed their shot here I mean they definitely missed their shot um especially I think early I think they didn't pass because of the weather like we saw it, the weather was screwing the Patriots like they had drops they had Aaron passes um and I think the Eagles were like all right we're just going to try to run we're not going to try to make this a throwing game because we don't need to and I think that was what contributed to a lot of them being slow early yeah you saw them start to get A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith early involved more in the second half and they did have success but the Patriots didn't give them the downfield stuff no which they is let what was scaring the hell out of me Right, Gonzo. Uh, and there were a couple lapses, yeah. but it's one of those situations where if the Patriots were consistent and weren't making their own mistakes and putting themselves in bad positions, then that's a game where the Eagles have to score every drive because I think the Patriots moved the ball well. I really didn't think that – I think the Eagles, you know, they definitely had their shots and, like, they were allowing nothing in the ground. I'm not trying to take anything away from their defense. But I think if the Patriots could have been a consistent scoring presence the way they were situating themselves until they made their own mistakes – it would have put the Eagles in a position where they had to score every drive and the Patriots just weren't letting that happen because they were making things tough. And even though they were putting drives together, the Eagles, they weren't consistent. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think they missed the opportunity. Do we want to talk about the rookies too? Because I love the rookies. We'll we'll, we'll start with you know we, we, I wanted to kind of hit a little bit on everything because there were some surprises here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to start with the offense though um, before we before we go back to the rookies uh, and and the two things that I would say the most the the biggest standout thing in this game to me uh, was the offensive line, uh, which was the most shocking thing that happened all night was that this offensive line, did they give up one sack? Yeah. One sack. Oh, I think they did actually. No, I'm thinking of the Moppy quick pressure. I'm not even sure. I, I, they gave up at least a couple sacks, but I don't know if they were really on pressure or coverage. I'd have to go back and check. Th- this, they held up really, really well in this. Yeah. Um, I remember that Moffy gave up a quick pressure that forced Mac to roll out, and that was an incompletion on the sideline to Booty. But offensive line evaluation oh, two is sacks. really – two sacks all game. Okay, two, two sacks. sacks. Yep. Um, I don't – I'm not going to lie. I don't remember exactly how those went down. I know one was for sure a coverage sack. One was very late. Um, yeah. But, yes. Um, uh, I think City So lost a third and three run that they had late. He just got stood up immediately, and it gave the run no chance. Um, so there were blemishes that I noticed, but again, for the most part, I didn't notice them in a bad way. Like I can remember the two plays where they stood out poorly. So I think you have to chalk it up until you can really, you know, I'm a film guy. So I like to be able to see the end zone, really see what those guys are doing on a snap to snap basis. The run game struggled. And I don't know how much of that was poor execution from them versus the Eagles just have a dominant front. I think yep. it's probably a bit of both more of the latter. Uh, but yeah, pass protection was surprisingly not an issue today. And I thought that was huge. I think City So is better regard anyway. It's where he played mostly in college. And clearly he's getting up to speed uh, playing on the edge in the NFL. But Mafia had a pretty strong preseason. And uh, I think City So is a talented player who's better off inside right now. And, you know, they really kept the offensive float when they had no business being in that game without Onwenu and Strange. Like that right. scared the hell out of me. So you look at it here. They give up the two sacks, and they're they're missing two starting offensive linemen here. And they're already they're, you've already got question marks at, at the right tackle position. I thought they held up well there uh, as well. So you you got Mac doing what he did, which is fifty four pass attempts. Which I you know I don't know that we saw this in the game plan here in terms of what they wanted to do. I don't know if they set out this way thinking was what they wanted to do, but this is how the game evolved. And as you said, there wasn't much room to run. Um, Stevenson couldn't get anything going. They tried to work Zeke in a little bit. Um, it just there, there really wasn't much there at all. So Mac throws throws the ball fifty four times, goes over three hundred yards, throws three touchdown passes, um, made some really really good throws after a really slow start. Uh, and again, you're going to have to look at it, and I'm sure you'll dig deep into it. But your overall snapshot performance on how Mac played, because yeah, he left some out there too. Yeah, like I think he mentioned that there were plays where he didn't probably read it right or he didn't, his eyes weren't in the right place. Right. I think the – I believe it was a fourth down. It was one late down in the game where he looked to his left to the bunch and it looked like there was a lot of just uh, a contact. Hunter Henry and Juju ran into each other. I think that was his first look, and then he got pressure and kind of – I don't want to say panicked, but it looked like Kendrick Bourne might have been open behind the coverage – to his right, and he didn't see it. Um, obviously, the high throw, he admitted the, the pick six was a high throw. Obviously, that's a worst-case scenario. Like People get away with bad throws. You just pray it doesn't end up in the ball so long it gets intercepted. Um, but at the same time, I thought he made more than enough throws to make up for the mistakes as well, and he was the reason they stayed in that game. Like I'm Again, like you said, the film is going to tell the true story, but 
I wouldn't say Mac Jones was a reason that they weren't in that game. I Again, he was every reason that they were. I thought that just little bits and pieces around him didn't come through when they needed to. Um, like I know DeMario Douglas had some great catches. He was four for 40, but there were also a few times where he and Mac didn't seem to be on the same page. So those were like lost plays. Kayshawn Booty, there was a, looked like one or two miscommunications to him, and then he couldn't make it on the sideline. Kendrick Bourne not coming up. Um, I think there was one where he was short and obviously the third and 12. So, you know, guys definitely could have done more for him in critical situations, but I'm sure that he wasn't perfect either. And I'm sure he's right that there were times where his eyes maybe didn't put him in the best position to succeed on certain plays. Yeah. Um, but again, you, you have to look at it relative to last year and what you saw from Mac. Oh yeah. Looked, totally which, different person. Totally different looks person. like, and, and so that's kind of what, is it perfect? No. Could it get better? Yes. But again, it's, we're talking a guy who at, a, at times last year, you know, people wanted a, you know, a, a practice squad player, a below replacement level player to replace him. I wasn't one of those people just to, they were yeah, fine. Close. They were so fed up with it. Uh, right or wrong, but the, you know, he clearly took a step back. You know, is this closer to year one? Is this, uh, you know, is this even slightly better than what you remember? I was going to say, this is past year one because he looked great in the pocket. And I, he was – I think the combination of consistent pressure and the fact that his offense wasn't functional and didn't give him answers like Bill O'Brien's offense does, those are the reasons that Matt crumbled under pressure. Because in college, he was fine throwing under heat. Like, he didn't have a big weakness outside of his physical limitations. It was like, he's smart, he's a point guard, he's going to get the ball, he's going to find the matchups, blah, blah, blah. Last year didn't put him in position to do any of those things. Now, even when the pressure does kind of get home and he feels it, you can see he's more confident. So, like, he looked nimble in the pocket. He used his legs several times to extend plays. We saw flashes of that last season, but, again, he couldn't really – he was forcing things, so the bad really took over, even though there was a ton of good with him scrambling. Like, by next-gen stats, he was the most elusive quarterback – like, obviously – you know, it's not exactly – he's not the most elusive quarterback in the league. But relative to the number of times he was pressured and yeah. got out of it, he was statistically the most elusive. So, that's like, like, there's something to that. That's I'm like ju- the that's like the Sam Hauser led the league in defensive rating uh, sort of stat. Um, from- but, but he was running a lot last season, and I think there was more mobility that he showed than he got Amen. credit for because he forced things. So He did. And I will say that, like, you want to see Mac under pressure. How's he doing when it's on schedule? Is he finding the right guys? He's finding the right guys all these plays. Like, him and O'Brien are really in sync. And, again, it's the giving him answers to the test that I thought was going to make Mac the best version of himself because O'Brien will not put you in position where you're basically just wasting a down. And yeah. I think we're seeing Mac confident. And I thought he looked – I thought he, for the most part, looked really good. He looked like a professional quarterback. He looked confident. He didn't look shook. Um, and again, how much of it, again, we're going to say this a hundred times because, oh, I don't want to dog Matty P because, you know, yeah. the, the, the iteration of Matty Patricia that we saw last year doesn't do justice to the Matt Patricia that once served this franchise well. So people do feel bad to kind of heap it all on him. But the reality is there was no trust and no confidence last year. And that obviously had to affect Mac. The question was, how big an effect would the Bill O'Brien effect have? on this like yes i mean all preseason long all training camp long almost every single soundbite was along those lines right taylor was it's kind of it's professional it's tight it's like we know what you know it's like 
it's obvious he knows what he's doing. Almost everything they said about Bill O'Brien was a referendum on the previous regime and the, the way that the offense was run last year, which was a total freaking clown show. So, yes, we knew it was going to be better. The question is, how much better? And is it good enough to overcome some personnel deficiencies, which would be an O-line that's still kind of playing its way into shape uh, and into, into proper health and a, a less than dynamic receiving core, which, again, they got good performances out of Kendrick Bourne. Hunter Henry is definitely his new binky now that Jacoby Myers is gone. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's going to be a security blanket for Mac and someone who's going to make plays for him. But you're, you're, you know, you're, the fact that you're relying on Butte, and again, Parker is out to have to make a play, a couple of plays late in the game, that's not necessarily great. They're still going to have to battle some personnel issues, which will, I think, limit what they're able to do. But yeah. Mac looked like he knew what he was doing out there. And I think that that's what people wanted to see was, okay, he looks like an NFL quarterback. It's not the guy that was kind of like, I mean, flat out just, he was missing throws last year. He just looked bad all around. It wasn't just the offense. I think it was, it was you know, a, a lot of it was on him too. I mean, I agree. I, I I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. But, yeah, I think he's significantly better. Um, he looked like the kind of quarterback that you want to see and that he was, again, he was accurate. He was making yeah. largely the right decisions. He was doing well under pressure. All those things. I think that who we see right now, especially for Mac, is not who he's going to be by midseason because, one, O'Brien's offense is going to continue to grow. I guarantee you there's things you saw in this game plan that O'Brien is going to have a version of in the next game where he knows the – Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio is going to see it and have something off of it. And that's going to help Mac because Mac is going to have this comfort in the system. They mesh. Like I'm telling you, this is a great start for Mac for the most part in this game. And I really think that he's going to take like quantum leaps in terms of his intelligence and on field uh, performance. Thanks to O'Brien. So that was the positive. Uh, We're going to talk as well about the rookies uh, that certainly were uh, positive as well, including Christian Gonzalez, who's a, Great interview, by the way. The guy, he can't not smile, huh? Like, he's, he seems like such a nice guy. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. And I think that that's a knock on him because he's pretty chill. And one of the answers he gave tonight was exactly that. Like, yeah, this is just kind of how I roll and this is how I ride. And everyone wants to see him, you know, you, you know, make a bigger, you know, fuss about things. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it. The, the same people, I'll say this because this one bothers me. The same people that say that would be the same people making an issue of it if he was celebrating after every single tackle that he made um, yeah. and, and, and saying, like, he should focus more on the game than drawing attention to himself. So I liked him. I, the thing I liked most about Gonzalez, uh, not most, but uh, he was good in run support. Uh, yeah. He came up and he tackled. The things that you were most worried about, what are they? One of them is just superficial nonsense about there's not enough dog in him. And then the other is physicality. You know, those two things there. Uh, but there was a lot to like. I mean, there was some underneath stuff that he allowed. And that yeah. might have been part of the game plan because you're right. They don't want to get beat over the top. But for the most part, he was right there, you know, where, where, where he needed to be. And then you asked him about that play on that fourth down. You know, he's like, just film, man. You know, like I knew what I needed to do. I knew where I needed to be. So he, like he's got his head on straight, too, in addition to all the physical tools. Yeah, I tried to throw in some football words to see if he'd get in depth with me. I was like, yeah, so they were showing you in cover zero. Cover zero. And, yep. and I was like, maybe you'll give me some tea. And he was like, nah, man, just film. So, but, yeah, he was awesome. Um, the two ones he gave up underneath, 
I will say that's one area where he can improve because he's such a great athlete. He doesn't need to overplay things. Right. And he's really calm when he recovers. So there was one where I thought he was a little soft on an underneath route to A.J. Brown. And there was another where he took a bad angle and let, I think it was Devontae Smith, get back inside. So those are the two ones where I'm like, all right, you know, learning experiences. That's really what played him in the preseason as well. It's just like how he responds to underneath throws. But again, yeah, for the most part, he had the great breakup deep on the corner route uh, where Marte Mapu was also over the top. He had a third down stop. He had the fourth down stop, which again, he knew that the uh, because the Patriots are showing an all-out blitz, and they did all-out blitz, he knew that uh, Devontae Smith was just going to have to get into a quick route. So he yep. waited until he declared and then almost and got then an interception. Yep. So, yeah, he was fantastic. I think I was I was saying to Brett Coleman, who does a great job over the Bootleg Football Podcast on YouTube, he was saying, like, yeah, I think the Patriots are just going to, like, try to let these guys be dogs and, like, you know, adjust if they can't. And I was like, oh, is Gonzalez going to get a chance to beat the physicality allegations? Because that's not what we've seen. Right. And, yeah, he finally got a chance to do that today against two, maybe I think the league's best receiving tandem, like Jamar Chase and – uh, T. Higgins are up there as well. But, you know, sure. this is a well-rounded, explosive group, and Gonzalez was yeah. on top Hill of Waddle. They'll see a few of them. Hill Waddle, yeah. Damn, this league is must be cool to have two star receivers. Yeah, it must be. Awesome. We'll, we'll get into the Patriots receivers in a little bit, too. Um, your, your thoughts on some of the other rookies, you know, Keon White, uh, I, I mentioned earlier. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, definitely a little bit out of Demario, who was, who was, who was used. Um, you know, with uh, with Parker out, you know, a fair amount. So speed round, uh, Keon White. Yeah, I think he had three pressures officially. Uh, one, he hit Jalen Hurts' his hand and forced a third and 20. Uh, yeah, he did his job. I thought he looked awesome. Marte Mapu lined up all over the place. I didn't see him making any mistakes, but I did see him in on a couple of plays. Uh, Matt Judon credited him for being so versatile. I was praying that he was going to be used at free safety and in the box so bad and everyone's like oh but it's a learning curve and i'm thinking like oh he's pretty smart i think he can still do it and he did and got the respect of the veterans i thought that was awesome it's huge if he can contribute early because he's one of the best athletes they have in their entire defense yeah um does ryle does behringer count as a defensive yeah whatever uh behringer had three punts inside the 20 he had one touchback that was really bad where uh he should have been able to pin them inside the five and he couldn't for the most part he had a great game uh, Demario Douglas, um, like I said, four catches, 40 yards or some miscommunications. It wasn't perfect, but still, you know, you wanted to see something from him and he showed it. Um, also kind of concerning that Juju didn't seem to play in the second half. Wonder what that's about. Yeah. That so that I want to get there. Um, uh, yeah, and I want to talk about that. Cause yeah, I can, I, I, yeah, I think I covered everybody pretty much. Yeah. No, that was, that was interesting. We'll get a little bit to Juju. We'll get to a couple things, including some game management issues, um, that, you know, again, we talk about this game as we're, you know, we're going to, I'm sure there's going to be a bit of a moral victory parade going on because again, this was a really good team that I think some people out there, not Taylor, Taylor knew exactly what was going to happen, but some people out there, uh, did not think that this would be competitive. I mean, I, I'm not going to say Cowboys Giants and what we saw tonight on Sunday Night Football, but I, there was a version. There was there was a version of this game that could have gone really, really, really bad, and it didn't at all. And as I said, the Patriots actually outplayed the Eagles for most of this game. We'll get into those things in a minute. We want to tell you a little bit about FanDuel. And again, if you haven't done this already, you probably want to get in on the action. A uh, couple different promotional opportunities here. When you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston, that includes betting $5 to get 100 off the NFL Sunday ticket. So if you were 
kind of having a little FOMO today and you couldn't catch all the games uh, and you're thinking about pulling the trigger on the NFL package, this is a great way to get you started. Again, $5 gets you 100 if you sign up at FanDuel.com uh, slash Boston. Also, uh, you can get uh, $200 in bonus bets if you sign up over at FanDuel. So uh, check that out. Make sure you do it. Uh, 200 in bonus bets again when you bet five. All part of the same thing as well as the Sunday ticket. Both of those promos are hot right now. You can get them. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Go check it out uh, and take part in the action today with America's number one sports book and the official betting partner of the CLNS Media Network. Let's get into some of the weird stuff. Um, I, I, I may go for it on fourth down. I'm a go for it on fourth and short guy when you're late. Um, I, in this particular instance, I thought the field goal uh, was the right call. And this is, we're looking at about nine minutes left in the game, 9.30, I think it was. Patriots elect not to kick a field goal down eight. Philly then goes up 11. Patriots try to get it to, you know, uh, get it to five. They can't convert on a two-pointer. And they've, but they kept getting into range where a field goal could have potentially tied or taken a lead. At that moment, did you think that that was the call? Or would you have gone for it on fourth? It was, I believe, fourth and three from the 17. Is that what it was? Yeah. Fourth and three is a very manageable situation. I like fourth and short. I like fourth yeah, and short. I, I didn't mind it. And I understand, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, ah, you wanted a field goal. Like, you know, but the, up. it's, it's more it. a math thing in my mind. It's not going for it. It's a math thing of, are you sure you're keeping them completely off the scoreboard? Because, again, your field goal if you trade field goals kind of still keeps it as a one score game, but you miss it and they get one. Now you're two scores down and the clock is working against you. So that's what it's always about for me is it's, you still need to score and you still need the ball back, you, you know, there in, in that situation. But if they go down and score on their next position, now you need it twice and you've really made it hard on yourself in that case. So that was the logic behind it, not the down and distance and whether it was manageable or not. 100%. And I just, I think sometimes these coaches, like, yes, they always have their analytics on the sideline. Yeah. And I think, again, like I said, I think it would have been made sense to go for field goals those times. But at the same time, I think, I don't know how much was the offense or defense. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking the Eagles, even if you do well, are an offense where you have to assume that they could score on the next possession. Which, that's just me. I'm not saying that's how the Patriots feel. I'm sure they had plenty of confidence in their defense. But offensively, this these guys have talked all summer about how much confidence they have, how much Bill O'Brien has done for them. And we saw a lot of that tonight. It wasn't perfect, but we saw that when they were in the right play, and especially in manageable situations, they looked really good and they moved the ball well. So I thought it made sense. The one later I thought was just them thinking like the Eagles – again, I, I think that one was thinking the Eagles could probably score and we just like need to be aggressive here. And they're not even wrong because on third and 12, they almost converted. Like there were – just you couldn't count on when the situation was going to come through for them and when they were going to have a dud. But I think the Patriots showing confidence means a lot. Like we've – how many times over the past couple of years – have we been upset because Belichick was too conservative because Mac was a rookie or Matt Patricia's offense just couldn't be counted on? Yeah. You know, and now they finally have that. And Kendrick Bourne said after the game, he was like, it's nice that offenses or defense have to fear that. And we have to be an offense where it's fourth down and they don't know that we're just going to be off the field. Like, I love that. That's what the Eagles do. There was one game I was watching. I think it was against the Giants where the Eagles were in like fourth and seven. Only I think they were up seven points in the second quarter. And they were just like, you know what? I'm just going to throw a slot fade 
40 yards downfield to Devontae Smith, and they scored a touchdown on it. Like, I want to have that kind of offense. Yeah, but do you? Yeah, but I like the confidence, and I think that <laughs> sure. if you have – like, if this offense starts rolling, if you have Devontae Parker, if, you know, Kendrick Bourne makes a catch he usually makes, when you have those two guys and Hunter Henry making crazy catches, you're willing to do that because those guys very rarely make mistakes. Just tonight, just saw too many mistakes from too many people in too many critical situations. A, a lot of mistakes, some self-inflicted stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you don't see that, but this was a weird one uh, on the game management side. And then, you know, they, they got themselves in trouble late where they pushed themselves all the way back and it's, you're at the 40 something and it's third and 17 and you're going for it as opposed to maybe trying to sneak a few more yards and let Ryland try to kick one. Uh, that was another odd one when they got the ball back. I mean, they ended up with the ball three times after that. Um, so, so, and you know, Bill Belichick's, kind of rationale was he wasn't sure how many more times he'd get it but at that point we're talking nine we're talking nine minutes left but that's the thing the eagles are the best team in the league at draining the clock like i that's one of the that's what i was afraid of because we've seen them go on like 10 minute drives before at the end of games because they're just like we're gonna out muscle you and you really don't know because they have so it's one thing if it's a team that can only run or a team that can only throw where you say we're gonna make them play with one hand tie behind their back and i like us the Eagles have way too many options, so I completely got that. I was terrified anytime they had the ball, but a combination of poor execution on their part and great jobs by the Patriots just caused some crazy stops that the offense couldn't uh, convert on. But I'm with Belichick. I I have a respect, a level of respectful fear for the Eagles' offense and their ability to throw anything at you where you can't confidently like load up against the run or the pass. Yeah. So. Um... A couple of questions there on the game management, uh, which we can talk about. I, I do think it is fair to talk about the receivers because that, that's something we do a lot, um, and particularly Juju. And Juju wasn't not out for the entire second half, but he wasn't out there on that last drive. Um, and he was asked about it after the game. And so, you know, this is a desperation drive, and this is a guy you brought in to be your number one. He's your number one, you know, de facto number one receiver. It, it, because they don't have a true number one. He should be a go-to guy uh, here. He should be, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get not it. Especially yet. with but Devontae Parker out. Like, yeah, that's where you Well, I mean, he's it. brought in here to replace Jacoby Myers, who was the go-to guy. When you needed a completion, you went to this guy. That's kind of what he's supposed to be in here to do. He's supposed to kind of be the man. Um, you have Devontae Parker, who's your 50-50 ball guy. Um, they tried a couple to Butte, who who simulated that, and it didn't really work. Um, you know, everyone's got their roles here. Hunter Henry's, Hunter Henry's a safety valve. But Juju Smith-Schuster, if you need completions, uh, he wasn't in there. They're running a, they're running a set with Douglas and Butte, uh in, in, in place of him. In fact, among wide receivers all game, he was third in snaps. Butte was second uh, in this game behind uh, Kendrick Bourne, which was also a bit surprising. So Juju... It's fine to run different packages. It's it's weird for Juju Smith-Schuster not to be involved in almost all of them, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that's just injury-related. Like, that just is what makes sense. Like, I don't what want injury, to though, we're, we're led to knee, believe that, knee. We're led to believe there isn't a knee injury, and that's kind of what we're kind of talking maybe about. he's probably lying. <laughs> I think he's lying. Because, like, why else would you be out that long? I yeah, don't like, know. That's like, I, I'm not, I don't it. agree that he was supposed to become the number one. I think he was expected to be a high-volume target. I think they knew that Devontae Parker was their best guy and that Kendrick Bourne could be much better in the right system. I think Juju was like, all right, a solid, like, worst-case scenario, we have a guy 
who can, you know, be a thousand yard receiver. Um, but yeah, I think he's lying. I think it's something with his name. Yeah. Like plain and simple. <laughs> Unless they really trust Demario Douglas and considering how often he and Mac didn't seem like they were on the same page. I just don't think that's likely. And it's not like the Eagles are playing so much man coverage that I'm like, okay, you need Demario Douglas as a separator. Like thought they, I thought, especially with all the bunches and stacks they used, they're basically just playing with rules. They're not really playing man or playing zone. They're going into a certain area and getting picked up by certain guys. That and those bunches worked for them. You know, it's just, but again, it's just, it was curious. Asked he, played, about that. he played the third. Yeah. He, someone <laughs> did. And that, Oh, that was a good question. But again, uh, in terms of snaps, uh, he was third on the team behind Bourne, 73, Butte, 55, Juju with 43, Demario Douglas, 33, among the wi- among the receivers, among the wide receivers. And I think Booty was just, like, plugging in, like, you're Devontae Parker this week. That's why Yeah, he exactly. Something. Routes run, he was tied for third with Demario Douglas. Uh, with 27 targets, he was tied for second um, with uh, with Demario Douglas as well. Uh, he had one drop where, sure, Mac could have put it in there better, but he probably has got to come up with that as well. Uh, but he wasn't impactful at all uh, in this game, and then he was out. So there's going to be chatter among Juju. And if he is, in fact, hurt, well, you know what? That's some damaged goods there, and that's going to be a problem as well, Taylor. Yeah. I'm, I, I know you don't no, want I, this to be, but I, it might be. But Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I I think that really, especially we saw how much two running back sets they used with Zeke and I. I wanted to you talk think about they were this during camp. Was Zeke in there? Um, I think they were. I mean, that was a college offense. Like that's what he was doing with Jameer Gibbs and the other guy. Yeah. Um, so I think that really he was just trying it, and I think they really do like Zeke. I thought one the fact like Zeke didn't look good. A lot of it was because he was mostly running. He did. Neither good. one of them could run very good. I thought, like, yeah, no, he had like highlights. I'm just saying that it looked kind of funky. I think the screens they just were doing too much. I understand they needed to protect their linemen, but he got to a point where it's like you can't keep putting yourselves in these positions where you're basically it's a dead play because they're reacting to it so well. Um, they did open up the offense to be fair to the point where I don't think it was as obvious, but the screen game had one positive play that I remember and the rest of it wasn't great. So yeah, it wasn't I think it was the screen game, but I thought it was really interesting what he was doing with the two backs. And I think that that is going to really mitigate if Juju can't play. Cause then you, re- a lot of the time, you well, just well, that's the thing is even talking about that is a bit of a problem, right? You have Parker, no, yeah. Yeah. you have Parker miss week one. And if Juju's physically limited or he's just a guy, in this offense, that's just part of certain packages, but not part of all of them. And, you know, he's not. Well, also remember, a lot of his contract is incentive-based. So if he doesn't do anything this year, he doesn't get paid that much. Like, that was a big thing. It looks like Jacoby Myers' contract. Jacoby Myers got that money guaranteed, showed why today. Juju didn't because he was coming off a knee injury. Well, so what? if he doesn't play and it becomes just a guy, his cap is going to reflect that. Well, why and- don't we talk a little bit about Jacoby Myers? Um <laughs> Nine receptions, 81 yards, 10 targets. He out targets Devontae Adams. Of course, because uh, Devontae's probably getting doubled all the time. <laughs> no, and he has two touchdowns, his first career multi touchdown game. Um, so him. he does what Jacoby Myers does. And again, I was never a huge Jacoby Myers guy either, but he's reliable. He's a reliable target and he's uh, whatever. So is Henry. The co- it is a straight up, you look at those contracts and they are similar. I know there's more incentives tied up to Juju. Um, but this comparison is going to be made all year. And if Juju is nursing a knee or his knee's about to explode, uh, which, you know, he's... Why you know, would someone say that? Like, why would you put that out there? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. So I, wait, 
Juju's answer wasn't great either. He was like, I don't think it's going to explode. I was like, no, 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 Juju, tell us it's not going to explode. I think it's because of how insane that a question that is to be asked. Is your knee going to explode? Yeah. He probably wouldn't be playing football if that was something that he was like deathly afraid of. I know, but if it's something that requires management starting on game one, not great. Um, not great. It's a serious injury. It's not great. Jacoby Myers was great. Um, but well, don't go sign Di- Dave Taylor. Just don't go sign damaged goods. That's all I'm saying. He's not even going to be that expensive. And he, it, I, I, I know, just, but don't. It, it's not a matter of what he costs. It's a matter of what you need. That was your move. I th- but that's okay. So you're saying I didn't even think he was going to be like if the offense was good. I did not expect him to be one of the leading receivers. I Wait think Hunter Henry's. No, no, no. I thought he was going to be high volume. I did Wait not think beyond that. Okay, so I knew Kendrick Bourne <laughs> was going to take a step. I've been saying Devontae Parker's our best receiver forever. Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki, if those guys complement each other, that's four guys that you're throwing to before you would want to throw to Juju Smith-Schuster. And then Ramondre Stevenson is also better in that role. So, like, I – but he needs to be limited. But like, What did you yeah, sign I, him for? What I thought Juju was going to be high then? volume because he can beat zone and he just is someone who can't catch. Okay. But they have so many more talented people. I was like, he is your – I mean, yes, as a security blanket, like if everything went to crap, then the Juju thing looks really bad because he was the only guy that you thought was going to be reliable and he's hurt. I will give you that. Like he was supposed to at least be hyper-reliable. I'm always doing the right thing. But if he's not on the field, then you can't be that. And again, the numbers will reflect that in his contract if he loses time. But uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Like you'd hope, you'd hope he was someone who could be on the field more often. Yes, like, I still don't think he's like even your necessarily fifth best receiving option in terms of the talent. Oh my god, we're down he's to not. Fifth. Oh my god, Booty hey. and Disha and Demario Douglas should both be better than him. Oh my god, so don't sign him at all. No, Save they needed money. someone. They needed someone yeah, you because if you don't have Demario Douglas or Kayshawn Booty, then you only have you two receivers. Spent it on D Hop. Just, kid, just put that. it in your pocket. It's not even the same contract. I'm not doing that. Had D-Hop do today. He, he was – boy, did they – I'm not getting into that, but boy, did they – boy, did they force feed him today. Holy wow. 13 targets, twice, twice throws to him were intercepted, ended up with six receptions. That's the fear with a guy Damn, like Hopkins uh, is that you got to throw him the ball because he demands the ball, but he was covered all game and he still had 13 targets yeah. who said he can't separate from in coverage anymore? i know but he still had a good contested catch rate and he still he, he, yeah he, and i also said that but i also said he can't separate his and metrics were decent a lot harder his metrics were decent anyway kendrick Bourne was great one of the things mac talked about after the game was like they're like best friends yeah he's um, like that's my go-to guy i was like that's wow, my guy and that's my best that. Buddy, he said too. So I think that Mac Bourne connection actually is going to be pretty solid all year. Extension. That's why you don't spend money on Hopkins because you pay your own people. Hunter I'm not Henry, saying, Kendrick Bourne. Don't. First of all, you spent money on Kendrick Bourne in the first place because you signed him as a free agent. You just did it a couple years ago. All while, we're at, all we're advocating day. here, Taylor, is signing guys you like. So if you like Kendrick Bourne, sign more Kendrick Bournes. Yes. Don't sign guys whose knees are exploding. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying his knees exploding, but don't sign guys. Don't sign question mark guys. Everyone's a question mark guy. The Juju thing might be nothing, but it definitely is something that bears watching. Yeah, um, sure. For sure. Uh, But Bourne looked good. um, So it's nice to have a more dynamic piece of that offense there. But like, what's the ceiling on this offense? Like, I'll ask you this. You work out some kinks. You could be a more of a well-oiled machine, but downfield, I don't know what you're able to do here. What do you think? 
Like, I think Devontae Devontae Parker is like the, that's why I said he was a huge loss. He is your, I don't really care who's covering him. If he's one-on-one on on the outside, I'm throwing to him deep. If you leave him on, if you leave him one-on-one and he's usually going to win. Like, it doesn't really matter who it is. So I think that, and I said that was a big miss. I think Kendrick Bourne, though, still had plays downfield. He showed what he could do. I think we just didn't see Hunter Henry much as like a downfield guy where like he's ripping up the seam, but he had a couple catches over the middle. Um, I think Mike Gusecki could be more of a downfield threat than he was used as, but it's very early. I think they're just seeing what guys can do. I like to see Mike Gusecki stretch it a little bit because the dude can run, and that's what he is, you know? And I think Bill O'Brien, like when we say put guys in position to succeed, I think that is where he comes in. Where, no, if you line up two-by-two spread look where you have two slots and two outside guys, if you ask everyone to separate, like, no, they're probably not going to. But if you give them the advantage of knowing, like you saw with the uh, touchdown to James Bradbury, so – Kendrick Bourne was lined up outside, and basically Bradbury knew that if he went vertical, he had all of him. So it's just man-to-man. So Bradbury thought he was going deep, turned his hips toward the sideline, then Kendrick Bourne breaks underneath on a post, and he burns the guy. And then you saw later he he burned Darius Slay on a double move. It's like when you put him in those positions where he can just craft guys up with his routes and set them up, he's a downfield threat. If Parker's one-on-one, he's a downfield threat. If you get Kasicki and Hunter Henry on a slot or a safety, they're you know what I'm saying? Like sure. O'Brien can make them downfield weapons, and I think that's where Mac excels, where he wants to be aggressive all the time. So if you give him that matchup, it's going to set it off in his head, and he's going to go after it. And then we'll see if they can be consistent. But I think this can be not like a 40 passing yards whenever we want kind of offense, but like, yeah, we're going to get a first down and then some pretty consistently if we want. And we saw that, like how quickly he was putting drives together. Ramondre Stevenson obviously had the two big gains underneath because of poor tackling. But at the same time, like you see how quickly this offense can move down the field when all things are clicking. So I I think their ceiling is like a top 12 offense. They were top 10 when Mac was a rookie. Um, And that's, you know, that was without Devontae Parker, Cole Strange, Mike and Wenu. And they looked good when they weren't screwing themselves over against a good defense that, albeit, you know, wasn't called the best. I think they probably could have been put in better positions themselves. Um, But yeah, for the most part, I, I thought there was a lot of exciting big play potential from this offense. That should only be getting better. Okay, and so we've spent the time. We we've spent a lot of time on the offense because again, I think that's the biggest question mark, and that's the thing that's going to get defense the most talk. Uh, but let's 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 ask about it. If you say it's a top twelve offense potential, uh, how good can this defense be? Is this was this in, like emblematic of, of who they are? Can they be better? What you know? What what stood out to you as far as what the defense was able to do against again a team that has a terrific O line. Um, you know, two of the best receivers, you know, one of the best receiver tandems out there and a quarterback that can beat you in a lot of different ways. And a, and a team that honestly just, you know what I thought, Taylor, I thought for sure one of the things that we would see is kind of a boring game, but one where the Eagles would just run because the Patriots have not been terrific. Um, you know, in, in the preseason, they weren't great either. Uh, and they were giving up more yardage than you wanted in the run game. I thought, that's where Philly was going to make their bones here, not flinging it all over the, the, the yard. I thought they were just going to kind of exert their will and just run it, run it, run it. Uh, and that wasn't the case. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots are a team where when they really – I think the Ravens are really the only team where they've pretty consistently been able to put them on their heels. But for the most part, this front does do a good job of – if the game plan is like we cannot get run on, and that's with Philly. Like if they can run on you for the entire game, then you're in a lot of trouble because they can play so many things off of it and put you in bad positions. But the front did a really good job against the running backs for the most part, making sure they stayed hemmed in. 
And that's what made the passing game so much harder because you couldn't mix in those kind of RPO elements as yep. much, the play action, because they were really not giving you much to work with. And I think that made Philly very uncomfortable and it forced them to be pretty much one dimensional. Like even the Jalen Hurts runs, they turned them on when they needed to. But you saw after there was that one play where they stopped it, then they were loading up fronts and making it so that Philly probably didn't want to run into those looks. Um, but I think this could be I've, – I've already thought this. I thought they could be the best defense in football. And I thought that they were helped by penalties and just poor execution at times as well. You know, like it wasn't a perfect performance by any means where I'm like, yes, this is the best defense in football. But they're an elite unit. And I think – like I don't care how many, you know, opportunities the Eagles give you. If you hold them to a modest day – and I would say today was well below modest for them, you're a good defense because they don't just stumble into bad games this way. Um, so I thought, especially up front, like the pass rush was a consistent factor when they weren't mush rushing, which is my least favorite thing in football. I can't stand it. I get why they did it against empty because you are afraid of him running. But there were some times that annoyed me. But yeah, man, I, I was really impressed by the defense. It was awesome seeing the young guys contribute and look good early. Um, and I thought the veterans were who we thought they were. It's real peppers. Holy crap, man. He went nuts. Um, the two plays I was most afraid of, he defended. He like got from center field to the sideline on a fade to Devontae Smith. And um, he forced a fumble when Hurts actually broke free on a QB draw, which I was so – I was just, I knew it was coming, and I said it out loud, and they did it, and he was just in the open field. And then, thankfully, Jabril got a uh, – pad on the ball and knocked it out and gave the offense a chance to score and they couldn't again but yep. yeah oh that defense was so much fun to watch they're awesome yep. they're gonna be really good so I mean, and again if a competent offense and and, a, and and a stingy defense uh keeps you competitive uh and then it's just a question of where can you take it from here so uh, no matter how you look at it you have to feel a little better about the patriots today like i said i don't love moral victories but the potential so, they were supposed to lose in, this game in the, in the realm of po- in the in the range of possibilities not many of them had the patriots winning this game i don't think um just the way things stacked up and this is and honestly they should have won this game so you have to come away with it feeling decent about the patriots being able to hang with teams because again you're not going to play a better team uh this year and it, we don't know philly could have been operating on 30 percent you know uh, efficiency here uh, and the Philly this Philly team might be a totally different team a few weeks from now I expect they, they will be but um, it, it's definitely a positive sign so uh, I think it's fair to take that moral victory lap um, off of this one if you're a Patriots fan and uh, you know kind of start to look ahead with some of these games that you were wondering wow this is a tough schedule and a tough start to the schedule and start looking at some of these toss-up games as winnable games or some of these difficult games as winnable games, some of these toss-ups as ones that you're going to put in the win column and start to, you know, maybe look at the season a little bit differently, not all the way there yet. And obviously, you know, a lot can change in a week, but um, you know, definitely some good stuff we saw today uh, from the Patriots, uh, even though again, uh, a 25 to 20, opening week loss uh taylor i'll let you fanboy out a little bit here uh how did how did the tom brady thing make you feel that was so cool oh my <laughs> god that was like i was gonna try to get ahead on writing stuff and i was like no nah, this is like a one halftime where i'm just gonna be a fan for a second that was so awesome i recorded the entire thing i'm gonna show it to my kids all that stuff <laughs> um yeah i was i was i forgot that i was like supposed to be a professional or whatever uh, really cool seeing that that relationship is 
on good standings. We've known it is, but you know, it ended on kind of crappy terms. So, you know, like hearing how passionate he is about the fan base and how much, you know, this place means to him. It was really, really cool. I've always said this and it's weird because like, right. The Tom Brady thing got, it was, I'm not going to say it was borderline estranged, right? You know, like he left and it wasn't on great terms. And then when he did leave, he acted kind of like nothing about this was a big deal anymore. And he was as happy as he's ever been elsewhere. And he moves his life elsewhere. And then he all of a sudden starts to, he joins another franchise as an owner and it's not here. And like, it's like, wow, he's completely moved on. And you start to wonder, like, wait, Tom, what about us? So, again, if you're a fan, all you need to see and hear is what he said today, which is where that jersey run out there. And the reality is he was choked up. He was legit choked up when he started speaking. I don't think he knew whether he was going to be able to keep it together. Um, and his voice crackled a few times. And I've said this from the beginning of time. The mo- and I have this conversation when it comes to – you know, with, with our Celtics people uh, about, you know, the current Celtics roster. The, the most beloved athletes here aren't only the ones that win. They're the ones that love the fans back and the whole Boston or New England experience. And they talk about what it means to them and how it shapes them. And when they leave, they only they, – they relate to this, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they played other places. This is where they always hearken back to, the Boston days. And you've got – Guys of all different statures. You've got people as, you know, uh, Hall of Famers like Kevin Garnett and even small bit guys like Kevin Millar, you know, with the Red Sox in 2004. But this was it. They loved it here. And that's what makes you love them more. And for a while with Brady, you were starting to think like, I don't know if he Phoenix? likes us. You know? <laughs> and so that had, that had to feel good for the fans. And that was a good moment, even though it was a short ceremony. But it was nice to see, like, it just – Something wasn't right with the universe all these years where Tom Brady was just some other guy elsewhere with no, you know, affiliation or, or even seemingly loyalty to the to the Patriots organization. It just felt weird. So nice to see it kind of come full circle here for Tom uh, and the fans and, you know, short ceremony. But I think they dug it. Uh, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it, too. Agreed. Yeah, I could go on and on. But, yeah, that was that was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. That was awesome. Yep. Okay, um, very cool for um, you guys hanging out this late. We won't always be doing the shows this late. We'll do some right after the games, but this was one of those weird ones where 4 o'clock game and there was a lot to cover afterwards. Uh, and, you know, as I said, Taylor and I were at Gillette. And, you know, this poor guy is probably still going to have to bury his nose in the, you know, in some film and do some other stuff. But you can check out so Taylor. Yeah, you can check out Taylor's written work at CLNS Media, also the Patriots Daily Podcast, which will, uh, you know, uh, you're going to have a few times this week um, when we get some film breakdown of this game, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and then Taylor's going to dig into Miami as Miami, right? Yeah. Miami as well, uh, who's coming to Foxborough next week, so that should be fun. Uh, also a fun matchup. They put up some – another – pair of freaking great receivers they put up some numbers today and two will look pretty sharp so that'll be interesting as well but uh yeah we're gonna wrap it again thanks guys for hanging out this was fun it was a fun day good to have football back again if you haven't already please check it out um go if and if you're interested in this sort of thing no pressure obviously but really good deals available especially if you go through 
our site here and our special offer, our URL, fanduel.com slash Boston. If you do want to get in on the action, you can get a good discount on the NFL Sunday ticket where you can take in all of these games. And, of course, you get uh, 200 in bonus bets, just free money to play with and mess around uh, and bet with. So if you haven't signed up and you would like to, this is a great opportunity, fanduel.com slash Boston. Check that out. Uh, we will see you guys later. Thanks for hanging out. Good night. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you. Well, we'll probably see you tomorrow. Take care.